0: There's something scary hiding in the back of your closet. Your bathing suits and summer clothes thing you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonabello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonabello doctors use a technology called micro laser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores, so stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Calling all detectives. Suppose you found a man who had been shot, stabbed, bludgeoned, and strangled. Could you determine how and why he'd really been killed? That is the problem on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, Private Detective. Believe me, Jerry Browning, Private Detective. There is no such thing as a false clue. Come on, boys, make it snappy. There's only for work to do. Okay, Dawson, just so one more picture. <laughs> When the reporters had gone, Lieutenant Dawson turned to me. Well, hey, Jerry, what do you make of it? It was the body of Casper Norton, wealthy young stockbroker. The body, clad in pajamas, was lying on the couch in the living room of Norton's bachelor apartment. It was the most thoroughly dead body I'd ever seen. Norton had been shot, stabbed, hit over the head with some heavy object, and there was a silk robe sash knotted around his neck. A room looked as though a giant hand had picked it up and shaken it. To over 10 small objects smashed. I shrugged helplessly. Dawson, I think we're we'll knee-deep in phony clues. If I were you, I'd test the poison. All this violence makes no sense. Dawson nodded. Okay, Jerry, I will. Now, how come you're interested in the case? Dawson hired me last week to check up on his intended bride, Madge Temple, society girl. But what'd you find? Nothing so far. I take another look around. Dawson, clearly we are up against one of the most savage, or most clever murderers of all time. A wealthy stockbroker was found murdered several times over. While the police were testing to find out whether he'd also been poisoned, I went to see Norton's intended bride, Madge Temple. Temple was a slender, willowy young woman with a permanently bored expression. At the approximate time her fiancé was being done to death, she was having her hair done at a beauty parlor. After I'd talked with her a few minutes, her brother came into the room. Blaming, I don't like the way you're questioning my sister. It's ridiculous to suspect that she could have anything to do with such a brutal murder. I guess you're right, Mr. Temple. Where, uh, were you at the time? What that got me was thrown out. <laughs> Oh, well. I didn't really think the Temples had anything to do with Norton's murder. I'd investigated them closely the week before. Found that George Temple had a big contracting business, a fine home, rich friends. As for Madge, she was just another society girl. In the crime lab, I got the autopsy report on Norton. No poison in his system. He was strangled, Jay! All the rest, shooting, stabbing, and banging over the herd. must have been plain savage fury. Come on upstairs. want to meet Norton's lawyer. He's in my office. Norton's lawyer was a tight-haired scholarly gentleman. I feel you should know that Mr. Norton made a will leaving his considerable fortune to Miss Temple. Made the will shortly after announcing the forthcoming marriage. There's nothing unusual about that, is there? The lawyer pressed his lips. Noob, it is unusual for a man to call up, say he wants to change his will again, and that he is in fear of his life. I stared at him. Norton did that. The lawyer nodded vigorously. Norton phoned me a few hours before his death, said he was leaving town for a while because of his fears. Did he say where he was going? I'm sorry, he did not. But I distinctly recall hearing a sort of roaring in the phone. Perhaps airplanes nearby. Does that help you? Airport, Dorton and I tried an experiment. He got into one pay phone booth, I in another, then I called him up. We both listened for roaring in the earpiece. There wasn't any. The booths were too far from the field to pick up any motor sounds. It was the same at the railroad stations. But when we tried the experiment at the bus terminal. <coughs> that was it. Casper Norton had phoned his lawyer from the bus terminal. Now, what made him change his mind? Return home to be killed. None of the porters remembered seeing anybody that answered Norton's description. And when we talked to one of the bus drivers, Mr. We ain't allowed to talk to people. If you got complaints, stuff lost on a bus, take it up at the Lost and Found Department. Dawson turned away, but I grabbed his arm. Let's try the Lost and Found. On a hunch. Gentlemen, you simply wouldn't believe what things people lose. Handbags, wallets, umbrellas, parcels, baggage. Why, yesterday, a man not only left his baggage, but even his jacket on a bus. Got off the bus a few minutes before it was to leave, never returned. I'm Paul, his homicide squad. Let's see that baggage and the jacket. The baggage was Norton's. The jacket didn't match any trousers in his apartment, but it was identified by his tailor as part of a suit made for Norton. Jonathan, Norton's body was dressed in pajamas to conceal the fact that part of his suit was missing. Those clues are beginning to make sense. Sure, Jerry, but what about the rest of it, all that violence? It's all got to have a reason. Look, Norton was jumping town. Somebody followed him to the bus terminal, persuaded him to get off the bus for a minute. That's how he happened to leave his jacket behind. It has to be somebody persuasive. Somebody he wasn't too afraid of. That could only be... Mike Schlimper! But, Jerry, she's got an alibi The check. Besides, the woman just couldn't pull a murder like that. Anyway, how could she talk him into leaving the terminal without his baggage or coat? I can't answer any of that. Dawson? She couldn't have persuaded him. Norton must have been dead before he left the station. We need another autopsy on his body. first autopsy had been for poison. This one was for anything. And what anything turned out to be was a fragment of hat pin buried in the base of Norton's skull, causing instant death with reactions of strangulation. It was to conceal that inch-long sliver of steel that all the other violence had been committed on the body. Two hours later, Madge Temple, I arrest you and your brother for the murder of Captain Norton. They were guilty, all right. Norton had learned that Temple's business was shaky, that Madge was marrying him for money. So he backed out. Temple got ugly, made some threats, which decided Norton to leave town. That's where Madge came into the picture. She talked Norton into leading the bus, flung her arms about him, and buried the hat pin in his skull. But by the time she and the brother got the victim out to a car, pretending he was drunk, the bus had left with Norton's baggage and jacket. She went on to the beauty parlor to establish her alibi while a brother set up the phony violence at Norton's apartment. Like I said, false clues can hamper a detective, but the very fact that they're present generally points to something that's missing. And when you find that missing something, somebody goes to the chair. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line.